The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life or Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for the information and advice and techniques and strategies that you need to know about if you are starting or building a real estate investing business. The Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati meets tomorrow evening here in the Cincinnati area. It's going to be a good meeting, too. The early meeting is a 2015 market forecast. What's going on in the economy, in the legal system, in the regulatory system, and in the culture that's going to affect how you do real estate in the next year and uh, that's at 6 p.m. At 7.30 p.m. we have today's guest Larry Goins who's going to talk about how he buys and sells 10 to 15 properties each and every month in 10 different states. Tomorrow night is a guest night meaning that you can come to the meeting and not pay a guest fee even if you are not a member though of course Cincinnati Rhea does hope you become a member before the end of the evening. You can get more information about this meeting at CincinnatiRhea.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com. Unbelievably, we have one more ticket to the upcoming OREA National New Strategies Summit here in Cincinnati on November 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th, available through WMKV for a pledge to public radio that is uh, somewhat cheaper than buying the seminar off the rack. Uh, you can grab that last seat that's available here at WMKV by going to wmkvfm.org. If you happen to be listening to the podcast and go there and you don't see the thing there on the front page that says the National New Strategy Summit, then that ticket is gone. But until that time, it is available. And uh, you should definitely grab that because that's going to be a really good event sponsored by the nonprofit Ohio Real Estate Investors Association, but for real estate investors, landlords, and note buyers all over the United States. My guest today is Larry Goins, who has been investing in real estate for more than two decades. He also travels the U.S. speaking and training audiences and also runs quite a business back at home that buys and wholesales 10 to 15 properties per month and does it in 
10 different states there in the Mid-South. And uh, he's here today to talk to us about his business and also to answer questions that you might have about how he does it at 877-772-9658. That's 877-772-9658. Or you can also use the Q&A form at our website at askvina.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A dot com. Uh, fill that out, send it this way, and we'll get it via email. Larry, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hey, Vina, how have you been? Been good. How about yourself? I am doing awesome. Just having fun and making money. <laughs> good, good. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow at the Cincinnati RIA meeting. Uh, but uh, we have a lot of listeners here on Real Life Real Estate that aren't going to be able to make the meeting because they're in California. Oh, yeah, too bad, too bad. So we're going to try and uh, going to try and cover as much as we can here in the in the hour or so that we have about what it is that you do. And uh, just sort of sort of big picture. I mean, most most people have trouble wholesaling one deal a month and doing it in their own city. How in the world do you run a business that does what like three a week and does them all over all over your region well you know that is true i have done deals and now it's actually up to 11 different states we've done deals in but you know vena just to be totally up front we do focus on the carolinas although we have done deals in 11 different states but we primarily focus on north and south carolina i mean it's our backyard we kind of know that area and even though the both carolinas are a pretty wide area you know, three to five hours driving distance from, from we're, we're right in the middle near Charlotte, North Carolina. So it could be three to five hours driving distance. But uh, but we have done deals in 11 different states, like I mentioned, but we primarily do most of our properties in the Carolinas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I know that you are not driving five hours to look at a potential deal and also owning rentals and also being in commercial properties and hard money lending and all of the other stuff that you are out there doing. So how how does that work? That's just... <laughs> Just a lot of a lot of deals, and a lot of them are a lot farther away than most people would venture. That's true. Well, you know, to answer your first question, how does it work? It works really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's kind of funny with the internet now. I mean, you can get online, you can find out all the different information about a property. You can pull comps. You can get on Google Earth and drive the street and see what's across the street and on each side. You can talk to realtors and rehabbers and home inspectors and and local people to find out about the neighborhood, about the area. You can pull up information about the the neighborhood as far as crime reports and different things like that. So you can really tell not only information about a house, but also information about the neighborhood and the area and the schools and what other houses have sold for in the area. And with a lot of the properties – that we buy now yes we work a lot with for sale by owners or individuals but you know we're buying a lot of properties off of hud's website and uh mls bank owned properties so a lot of times there's already you know 10 15 20 different pictures of a property that you can get a good idea as to the condition of the property itself before you ever pick up the phone and call about it mhm mhm so some of your leads are coming from public sources that really anybody could uh, get on and look at if they were brave enough to, you know, actually do the research you're doing and and 
go make a bid. Uh, the ones that you are finding that are more for sale by owner, what is, what is your primary means of doing that? That's a really, really good question. We put out a lot of uh, signs uh, that just basically say that we buy houses. We also run a lot of our own ads on Craigslist that says we buy houses, lots, land, any condition, anywhere, cash. And... Um, we have our phone number and then we have you know other different kind of ads like that but we also do some direct mail we will mail out postcards in uh, different areas we'll pick a city or a county or whatever and we'll mail to what's called the absentee owners these are people who own a property but they don't live in the property and we'll just mail them a postcard that says you know has their name in it and says you know it's a p- important you know information about your property located at we put the property address down and we have a cash offer available for your property in the next 10 days please call us at the number below and you know we'll give present you with an all cash offer and we get probably about anywhere from a 2 to a 6% response rate. And we just have those. When they call in, it goes to an answering service. And then we have a virtual assistant in the Philippines that calls in and, and gets those messages and then calls them back and gets some preliminary information for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting a picture here that a lot of what you do is either online or with people like VAs, or with people who are in the city that you're working with if it's not your city. You said realtors and uh, uh, other property owners and things like that. So this isn't, to be clear, this isn't Larry Gowens doing the work to do 10 to 15 deals a month. That's true. That's true. You know, I do have a small team of people here in my office. I've got a couple of what we call acquisition managers, and they're the ones that basically buy. Actually, I have four acquisition managers, and they're the ones that are, you know, posting the Craigslist ads, putting out the bandit signs, and we send out direct mail, and then we round-robin those calls. Once I shouldn't say round-robin the calls, but once our virtual assistant qualifies the seller and sees if it's a property that we want to follow through with, then they round robin it to our acquisition managers and then we also have a person that does all of our closings she does nothing but handle the closings and she's busy all the time in fact she used to work full-time in our office but she just recently her and her fiance her husband now you know relocated to um to washington state so she's living out there and doing all of our closings from washington state (laughs) interesting so this idea that people have to be sharing your home office with you physically might not be correct anymore if you have them trained and have systems for them. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the key, Vina. You said have systems and train your people. And that's exactly what I do. I train my people and how how to create systems and processes and procedures and I'm big on checklist and if you have a checklist you could get anybody you know to do pretty much anything for you because we do all of our business by phone fax fedex email and internet mm. we rarely leave the office to go look at a property unless it's close by and if it's close by we're definitely going to go look at it but if it's 2 or 3 hours away there's no need to go look at it but we do all of our business by phone, fax, FedEx, email, and Internet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. My guest today is Larry Goins, who is helping us understand how a wholesale business that processes 10 to 15 deals every month of the year actually operates. If you have some questions about that, which I bet you do, give us a call toll-free at 877-772-9658 or go to our website at askvina.com. Fill out the questionnaire there. Hit the send button and we'll get it here by email. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Larry Goins, who is one of the more successful wholesalers in the entire country and is here today to share with you what you want to know about how he does that in the limited time that we have available. So you need to give us a call if you have a question at 877-772-9658 or you can send it in via email by just going to askvina.com. You'll see a form there that says ask Vina a question and if you fill that out and hit send it will come here and I will read it to Larry. Uh, So Larry we actually already have a question here from Jen in Indianapolis. She says, how does he compensate his various acquisitions and and closing people? Is it on commission? Is it on a salary? Is it some combination of those things? That's a really, really good question, Jen, and I'll be glad to share that with you. Uh, basically, all of my people are on commission only. But I do pay them, with the exception of the virtual assistant, I do pay them as employees because they do work in my office. They work 9 to 5, so I need to pay them as an employee, not as an independent contractor. So, But my virtual assistant is over in the Philippines, so, uh, of course, they uh, they make actually $3.33 an hour over there. Um, and uh, anyway... Um, the way I pay my acquisitions people is I pay them 10% of what we make on the property for buying it. And then when they sell it, I pay them another 10%. So they make, if they buy a property, say we buy a property for 50 and we sell it for 60, they make $1,000 for buying it. And if they sold it, they make $1,000. So they made $2,000. And, um, you know, you you might be thinking, well, why would they want to do that when they could go out and do their own deal? Well, and that's true. Some people do go out on their own, and that's okay. You know, a lot of people ask me, why would you want to train your people just to have them go out, you know, and leave you and go out on their own? Well, I've got a theory about that, Vita. I would rather train them and have them leave than not train them and they stay. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very true. Now, um, Larry, you know, uh, the, the Carolinas are, are sort of thought of as being a fairly, a fairly stable market, a lot of it. You know, there's, there's um, uh, the whole halfback cultural thing where people move from, you know, New York to Florida and then they can't stand not having seasons, so they come back to the Carolinas. Right. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of good businesses based, particularly there in the, in the Charlotte area, but... Uh, since most people are not going to be super familiar with your market, can you give us some perspective on about what a typical wholesale deal there would be worth fixed up and about what an average profit would be on a wholesale deal in that area? Sure, sure. Well, the good news is in the Carolinas, which is where we do most of our deals, 
you have properties anywhere from a couple thousand dollars, which is very rare, but I did buy a house last month for $2,000, and then all the way up to I've bought, I've bought properties as much as $700,000. And, um, you know, but on average, I'm probably going to be buying a house for thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 and selling it for, I try to make twelve dollars to $15,000 on a property. Does it always happen? No. Probably an average is going to be about ten to twelve, but I try to make and shoot for twelve to fifteen thousand. But I've sold properties and made five hundred dollars on it before, just because. For example, we had a deal a while back where it was a new realtor we were working with, and we really wanted to work with this realtor because they had access to a lot of different properties and, and asset managers. And even though the deal ended up being very very thin, we decided to go ahead and close on the deal just so we could build that relationship with the realtor, even though we only made a little bit of money. Now, I still paid my guys to do the deal, okay? I still paid my guys. If we have a deal like that and we decide to go ahead and move forward, I'll still pay my guys 1000 on the buy, 1000 on the sell, and plus I pay my, uh, my closing coordinator $250 for the deal. So everybody still made money. But it helped us to build that relationship. But I would say an average deal is probably you know thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand, something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So moderately priced. It's not you know Boston where sixty thousand dollars wouldn't buy you a lot. Then <laughs> it's also exactly. I mean, we have with with our pipeline that we have right now. I'm looking at my spreadsheet. These are deals that we have under contract. We have one under contract for. 43,000, one for 30, one for 60, 17, 40, 60, 55, 25, 15. Uh, these are just the ones that we have right now in various stages. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, wonderful. Um, so help, help me to understand. You said that if the property is more than a few hours away, you're not going to go look at it. Is somebody going to look at it? I mean, how, how how do you know that what the seller has told you is wrong with the house is actually wrong with the house? That's a really good point, you know, because you never know until somebody goes to look at it. So if it's listed with a realtor, we're, we are going to have the realtor give us a CMA, a comparative market analysis, and uh, we're also going to have them go out and take pictures of every room, any repair areas, meaning if there's a hole in the wall, there's a stain on the ceiling or whatever, any repair areas, all mechanical items, all four sides of the house, and a street view both ways. So we're getting, you know, 25, 30 different pictures. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of times there's, there's a lot of pictures online, but a lot of times it doesn't take. They they don't have pictures of every repair area, like if the window's broken or this or that. Mm-hmm. So we have the pictures taken. Uh, we also will find a local contractor to go out and give us a scope of work and a, and a bid on what it's going to take to fix it up. And sometimes a realtor will refer a local contractor because a good realtor knows a good contractor in the area. So they'll they'll have us they'll send someone to us and we'll have them go out and give a. a give a price on what it's going to take to fix the property up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's not just that you're doing like some people try to do, which is I get a seller who calls me and tells me something about a house and then I try to market it. Like (laughs) there's, there's no step in between where I'm actually finding out what I'm marketing. (laughs) 
You know, that's a really, really good point. There's a lot of people out here that try to get into the wholesaling business, and they'll find a deal, and then they'll just turn around and start marketing it. Well, I, I like to say that I sell what's called learn key properties, not turnkey, but learn key, where I'm going to get it under contract, I'm going to do all my due diligence, and then I'm going to provide my buyer with, whether it be a rehab estimate or a CMA or a scope of work and neighborhood analysis and pictures and all that good stuff, and then they can make an informed decision just like I did. Now, I still urge my buyers to go out and look at the property or get their own rehab estimate or talk to their own realtor, but they're going to have the contact information for all the people that we have worked with and doing our due diligence as well. And most of the time, they do end up calling the realtor that we either bought it from or we had to do the CMA or calling the contractor and talk to them. And sometimes they'll get their own estimate. But, you know, the funny thing is, Vina, a lot of the people who buy houses from me, they don't even live in the same state, much less the same city where the house is. So not only am I buying it like that, we have buyers that are buying it and doing rehabs long distance as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So your primary buyers are not local folks. They are folks who are maybe from more expensive markets looking for deals? Yeah, it, that can be the case, more expensive markets. Uh, but what I've learned is a buyer is a buyer is a buyer, and a house is a house is a house. Now, don't get me wrong. We still do sell a lot of properties to local people. And um, and if we can, if the house is close by to us, we'll go out and put out signs in the neighborhood for the house. And if the house is not close by, we'll have somebody. Maybe we'll find somebody off of Craigslist or maybe the realtor or the contractor that's going out to look at the house, we'll ship them about 10 signs and have them put them out in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A related question that just came in via email from Jim in Asheville. So he's he's actually there in kind of your area. Uh, Close to me. He says, um, uh, I have a question for Larry. Uh, who does he have in place in different markets that he works? And I think you answered that one. Uh, does he operate with a cash buyer's list in that market? So do you, do you send all of your properties out to your entire buyer's list, or if you have one in Greenville, do you have a Greenville buyer's list? You know, that's a really, really good question, and uh, the answer is yes and no. We have several different layers of our buyer's list, and, and, and I will be able to get into a lot more detail on that tomorrow night. But we have just our buyer's list, and then we have our two-hour Head Start buyer's list, which these are people that have been pre-qualified. They either sent us a copy of their bank statement or their approval letter from their lender showing that they can either pay cash or that they have approved financing available. And then we also have what we call our VIP buyers list. These are people who have actually sent us a deposit along with their uh, proof of funds or their bank statement showing that they can pay cash for the property and the copy of their LLC documents to buy, you know, so we know that they already have an LLC set up and can buy a property. And once they do that, then they're on our VIP buyers list. And then we'll send them out our next properties. And we can keep anywhere from 10 to 30. I think we've had as many as 42 people on our VIP buyers list that have actually sent us $1,000 to get our next property. So what we do in that case is we have them, we send them our next property. If they And we send them all the due diligence information. If they want to pass, that's okay. It's no problem. 
once we send them three properties, if they don't buy a property after three, we send them their thousand dollars back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. Uh, see if we can uh, uh, attract all of our wholesaler <laughs> listeners, and I know there are tons of them, to, once again, to ask the questions you want to ask of Larry, because I know what I want to ask, but I'm going to see him tomorrow night, so I can ask him then. You guys need to ask him now at 877-772-9658, or you can uh, go to our website at askvena.com. That's A-S-K-V-E-N-A.com. You can fill out the uh, form there and the email will come to, or the email will come to us uh, pretty much right away. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, but get those questions in. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Larry Goins, who is uh, coming to speak tomorrow in Cincinnati and everyone in the area or if you want to come from out of the area whatever is invited to come see that you can get more information at cincinnatiria.com uh, but today he is trying very hard to share with all you folks how you can up your game so that you can do more deals than you're doing maybe you don't want to do 10 or 15 a month maybe you'd just like to get up to one every other week but all of the same Uh, concepts apply as you are trying to build a bigger business. Uh, We're taking your questions by phone at 877-772-9658 or via email. You can go to askvina.com. You can send us an email through that website and uh, I will simply ask Larry your question. As did Mike from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Mike says, just to confirm, is Larry using the usual evaluation of 70% of ARV minus repair costs as his sale price? You know, that's a very good question as well. And for the most part, yes, but of course there are exceptions to every rule. Um, We do wholesale most of our properties, meaning we, we do what I call real estate day trading. We'll buy it at 10 o'clock and sell it at 11 o'clock. You know, buy it and sell it the same day. I like to own the properties hours, not days or weeks or months. But sometimes we'll keep a few as rentals, and sometimes we will sell or finance some as well. But for the most part, yes, we are buying and selling them the same day, and we are using the 70% of the after-repaired value minus repairs, minus closing costs, minus what we want to make, and that's the number we need to be able to pay for it. Now, also... In the higher price properties, you don't have to be quite at 70%. As long as you know the real value, the real ARV, you can be at 75 or close to 80%. And one of the things we've found, Vina, is in putting the signs out in the neighborhoods, if, say you're in a neighborhood, we get a house under contract for, let's say we get a house under contract for $100,000. And we know that neighborhood is a 150 to 175,000 neighborhood. Well, even though we got it under contract for 100, we might put it back out on the market and put on our little bandit signs, our for sale signs, you know, 125,000 or 120,000. And we put them all over the neighborhood. And people who live in that neighborhood and are riding in that neighborhood with realtors or looking for properties. They know it's a hundred and fifty to one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollar neighborhood. All of a sudden, they see our sign that says one twenty. 
then they're going to call about it and see what's going on. And we've sold many houses to people who actually either already lived in the neighborhood or had friends or relatives or were searching for other properties in that neighborhood but saw that our property was much lower priced than the average property in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. So um, let's talk a little bit more about the team that you have there, uh, apparently partly in the office, partly across the country and partly on the other side of the entire world. Um, <laughs> so so mail goes out or uh, calls come in in some, some way or another through your advertising or signs or whatever. Calls come right. in. First person to talk to them is the virtual assistant who, what, asks just the, the typical interview form that you would ask of a seller. What, what do you owe? What do you, what's it like? What do you want? That sort of thing. Yeah, basically, our uh, basically what's going to happen is our virtual assistant is going to call in and check the messages. Once they call in and check the messages, they're going to call the person back, and they're going to say, "Hi, my name is Andrea. That's one of our VAs. Hi, my name is Andrea, and and I am uh, working with Neighborhood Housing Group. That's one of our company names that we use. And um, I'm returning your call about the property you have for sale. Now, we, she says it generically because sometimes she might get a call from a Craigslist ad, from a postcard, from a bandit sign, or whatever. You know, it could just be a lot of different things. So that's why she uses kind of a generic response, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... Um, she says, I was returning your call about the property. Is this a good time? Do you have a minute? And then um, she does a little idle chit-chat for a minute. And, you know, are you the owner of the property or the decision maker? Great, great. Let me tell you a little bit about who we are. We're not realtors, but we're a local organization called Neighborhood Housing Group. And you might have heard of us. And uh, we buy properties, pay cash, can close very fast if that best suits your needs. And then she just kind of goes through the script and says, you know, uh, this is really, really good right here, Vita. She says, uh, the more information I get, the more, uh, the faster my acquisition manager can get back to you with an all-cash offer. So do you mind if I ask you some more questions? Mm-hmm. So, you know, then she just kind of goes through the list and asks them as many questions as she can that we have on our list. And then if they start to get, if it starts to get too much, she says, that's okay. I'll have my acquisition manager give you a call back and they can make you an all cash offer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then from there, uh, does, does the virtual assistant actually have authority based on something within that questionnaire about what she sends forward to the acquisitions guys, or does everything go to them and they sort it out? All she's really doing is putting all the information into the spreadsheet the answers to all the questions, and uh, and then you know near the end of the call, she says um, she says, would you rather have our acquisitions manager meet you at the property, or would you rather work with them over the phone? Now, if the property is far away from us, she's not going to ask that question, okay? But mm-hmm. if it's close by to us, she'll ask that question, because mm-hmm. uh, also sometimes the person selling the property. They may live already live in New York or Tennessee or somewhere, but the property's in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So then she says, 
There are several advantages of working with us. Number one, we pay cash to buy your property in its as-is condition, so you don't have to worry about making any repairs or improvements. Number two, we can close on a time frame that's convenient for you. And number three, you also save thousands of dollars uh, on commissions and closing costs and, uh, you know, working with us as well. So with that in mind, what is the least amount you could sell your property for knowing that you don't have to pay commissions, closing costs, or make any necessary repairs or ongoing maintenance? So she tries to get that bottom number before she ever hangs up. Mm -hmm. So now when my acquisitions manager in my office calls them back, they're working from that already first price drop. Because a person might have said, "I want, you know, I'm asking fifty thousand dollars." So at the end of the call, you know, she says, "What's the least amount you would take for it?" If they, it drops down to thirty-five or forty, now we're negotiating from forty. Sure, sure, okay, okay. And so now the guys there in the office take it over. They make some decisions about whether this is something worth pursuing or whether you have, you know, one of these sellers who says, "Well, I wasn't really thinking about selling, but then I got your postcard, and sure, if you'll pay me full price." And all cash and do it tomorrow, I guess I would consider selling. And they, they I guess they probably yeah, will, really. probably work it down to the to the folks who uh who truly do need to sell and, and for whom you are a good solution and proceed from there. Uh just got a question from Becky here in Cincinnati. She says, I'm curious about whether there, he's had any problems with language barriers with the folks from the Philippines or if he's finding those people to be just as good on the phone as native English speakers. Well, <laughs> I like that question. You know, actually, I mean, Vina, everybody can tell I'm not from Cincinnati, right? I mean, <laughs> I ain't from around there, right? <laughs> I'm from South Carolina. So having said that, guys, the people in the Philippines speak better English than I do, okay? <laughs> they, have a, they have a clearer voice. They're more precise. Now, sometimes you have to tell them, you know, hey, you need to slow down. Be, you know, like uh, when we first started uh, having our um, – our VA call back from our foreclosure signs. Like when, even when we put out our signs to sell the property, they say foreclosure on them and they have the phone number and the price and all that. So she was saying foreclosure, but she was saying it so fast it was hard to understand. Which, by the way, I have my virtual assistants record all their calls so we can quality control them. We can go back if there was any question about he said, she said, and that way I can critique them and give them advice and pointers and train them. So one of the things I had to do when we first started using virtual assistants to call back is I had to have her slow down on saying the word foreclosure. And she would she would use industry terms like, you know, I'm calling you back about the bandit sign you saw that said foreclosure. <laughs> you know, that that doesn't make sense. So uh -huh. we had to give her word for word what to say. So, you know, but, but the language barrier, no, it's not at all. They have a great accent that's very easy to understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. I uh, want to open the lines again for folks who have a question for Larry. As you can tell, he's pretty much, you know, whatever you want to know, he's he's ready to tell you. So if you're trying to start a wholesaling business or build one bigger, give us a call at 877-772-9658 or send an email via askvina.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Davina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Larry Goins, talking about some of the high-level stuff about how he is able to flip 10 to 15 
houses a month along with his team there in the Carolinas. He'll also be the featured speaker at tomorrow night's RIA meeting here in Cincinnati. You can come to that at no charge, no matter who you are. That's uh, more information at CincinnatiRIA.com. Cincinnati RIA and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association are also sponsoring a series of free seminars coming up over the course of the next uh, week about the current market and what the best strategies are. These are three-hour seminars. There will be one in Cincinnati on Saturday and on, in Dayton on Monday. You can get more information on RSVP for those at trainwithvina.com. That's train with V as in Victor, E-N-A.com. We just couldn't get a better, like, we were. We tried every combination of, like, freeeducation.com, have a beer with Vina. That, now, see, I should have thought of that. But there will be no beer at these things. I have to work. So uh, trainwithvina.com if you're interested in attending one of those. Um, so, Larry, you, you've, you've kind of, you've, you've really got a good system going here. And, and I know that's, that's exactly what you go out and train people about is what the system is. Talk about how long it took you to develop that system. I don't, I don't, I mean, I've known you for a lot of years and you, you've gone from five deals a month to 10 deals a month to to, eight to 10 to 10 to 15. What was the, what was the buildup of that? Like, was it, was it, was it long? Was it painful? (laughs) Were there certain things that you, you just picked up on and then from then on out, it was good. How, How did that work? Well, you know, I, I, I am a student, Vina, and, you know, I, I I buy everybody's training programs. I mean, I've got your stuff sitting on my bookshelf. I have, I've never been to college. I don't have a college degree and um, never set foot on a college campus except for a local RIA group that I spoke at that held their meetings at a college. <laughs> but I've got five bookcases full of home study courses. I go to seminars. I'm going to two seminars this month myself as an attendee. And I don't do that that often, but, yeah, I do it sometimes. And um, I am a student, so I'm always learning, and I'm always trying to grow and to get better. And, you know, you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. There is no in-between. And anytime I hear about a new strategy, a new technique, I research it and I figure out how I can work it into my business, and if I should work it into my business. If not, I move on. If I can, I try to implement it as best I can, and I'm real big on systems and processes and procedures, and even myself, I don't have to do this anymore, but I remember just this past weekend, Sunday morning, 7 a.m., sitting in the bed with my laptop on my computer, I made 15 offers myself. Now, did I really make the offers? No. But I was researching the properties, and some were auction properties, some were HUD properties, and some were REOs. But I I analyzed the deals enough to know which ones I wanted to make offers on and how much. And then I sent the information over to another one of my VAs, and he put them into our database and on the spreadsheet, and then he submitted the offers for me. So I didn't really have to do it, but... You know, I still made that many offers over the weekend myself, just sitting in bed before I got up to go to church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how long was it really from when you first started wholesaling? And I'm, I'm sure like most people, you did your first deals pretty much 100% on your own to the point where you could honestly say, I'm doing I'm doing three deals a week on average. Well, it, it's been kind of a work in progress. And... Um, 
because I, I started, you know, over 20 years ago, and then I got out of it for a while. I was a stockbroker. I got into construction. I did remodeling, and then I built houses, and then I finally got back into real estate. And I was doing it myself, and then I brought one person on, and then a couple people, and then three, and then I created my whole system that I'm going to share with uh, the attendees tomorrow that how I was able to, to start recruiting, training, motivating, and managing other people and have them do the work. So I really ended up having a business instead of just another J-O-B. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people get into real estate, Vina, because they already have a job they're trying to get out of. But the problem is the way everybody teaches you how to do real estate, it becomes a second job. Well, you didn't want the first one. Now you have two. Well, what I've done is create systems and processes and procedures to be able to not only do it yourself, but to bring other people in to do it for you so you can truly have a business so the business works harder than you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is an impossible question to answer, and I know it, okay? (laughs) That's okay. I love those guys. (laughs) Your your opinion, somebody somebody maybe who who they understand kind of how to wholesale, but they really do want to build the business up to the size of yours. Uh Uh-huh. Given normal constraints, normal intelligence, normal you know amount that they have to invest, built and 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 let's say they just you know they just copy your system, okay? They're just gonna they're just gonna do what you do. What right, kind of right. time frame would you say on the average people are experiencing in getting from the I'm a wholesaler to I run a wholesaling business? Well, I know I know a lot of people that I've taught that they just want to do two, three, five deals a month. And that's okay, and they could do that themselves or with one virtual assistant. Uh, and then I have other people that I have taught how to bring in employees. You know, if you, want to, if you want to have an office or if you want to have virtual assistants, I mean, I show you how to get bird dogs. I show you how to do, you know, direct mail. I show you even how to do direct mail for free. And um, you can do Craigslist. There's all kind of online and offline ways to do it. So it really depends on what do you want to do. And number one, how much time do you want to put into it? How much effort do you want to put into it? And how big do you want to grow it? But you can really take a business from ground zero and get it up to 10 to 15 properties a month if you have the infrastructure in place. Because I already have the infrastructure in place, so it's not that hard to get up and running. You know, I've got the office, I've got the desk, I've got the computers, I've got the the accounts at the various places online where we analyze our deals and, and search for properties and all that good stuff. And we've got the relationships with the realtors, and we have the direct mail pieces and all that stuff ready to go. So it wouldn't take me much time at all to get up if I was brand new. But I say just start and do your very first deal. Then hire one person. Just bring in one acquisition manager. You can find them on Craigslist. Here's what my Craigslist ad says, Vina. It says, learn to flip flip houses using my money. I will train you. (laughs) And it's as simple as that. And then it goes on to explain a little bit about it. You know, I'm looking for somebody who has some sales skills, somebody who is honest, ethical, dependable, and money-motivated, somebody who is a self-starter and independent, and I will teach you everything you need to know and show you what to do and how to do it. But uh, I'm not looking for somebody that's looking for some free training and to go out on your own after 30 days. I want you to seriously consider giving me 6 to 12 months before you go out on your own. But after a while, you'll be able to go out on your own and do this by yourself. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We got about two minutes left. You and I both know that there are bunches of people entering the wholesaling business right now who shouldn't be <laughs> because they do not have the basic training that they need. Right. What are some yeah. of the worst mistakes you are seeing untrained wholesalers making in your market right now? Because I'm sure it is affecting you. You know, that's true. And the problem is, is there's a lot of people trying to get into the market and they're paying way too much for the property. I talked to two wholesalers today, Vina. Two wholesalers sent me properties that were way overpriced and they were trying to wholesale them. Now, the reason that I talked to them was not to buy their property. It was because I see them out there pitching a lot of properties and they're out there marketing and building their buyer's list and really hustling. So I called them not to buy their property, but to recruit them. (laughs) And I have an interview with one of them tomorrow afternoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not tomorrow afternoon, but Friday afternoon. But uh, so when I see somebody that's a hustler like that, I want to to recruit them if I can. So uh, one of the main things I see wholesalers doing, especially new people, is paying too much for properties. And then they end up burning bridges with sellers and realtors and other people that they work with, mm-hmm. and they end up getting frustrated and getting out of the business, you know. And, and the other thing, a lot of people fear, you know, they're scared to go out and do something. Their biggest fear, they're afraid to make offers because their biggest fear is, what if the person says yes? <laughs> so, But what takes away the fear is education. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what takes away the offering too much for properties is also education. So if, you, right. if you're in the area, I hope you'll come join us tomorrow night at Cincinnati RIA uh, to hear more from Larry and more about his system. Larry, thank you for being with us this evening. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.